0: Happy Sunday Hillcrest family. Hey and pretty cool news. Um, you hear You hear someone laughing and smiling here. Um, Eli Lehman, uh, along with a couple of our uh, other students in student ministry, the Boys, Oregon soccer team, just won the state championship so So, so we, never, we never want to embarrass anybody, but Eli, could you just stand up real quick just so we could see who you are? and. <laughs> nice job, Eli. Thank you so much, man. And, and um, yeah, I, I, don't know, I don't know how you were in high school sports, uh, if you played, if you didn't play. Um, so my understanding, Eli got kicked in the shin twice and... And some of us might go, you know, I'm good. And others are like, man, just put me back in, coach. You know that classic line, put me back in, coach? And my understanding is Eli was like, no big deal. No big deal. I just got rocked in the shin. Put me back in. So pretty pretty cool. Very excited for you guys, Eli. And, um, and just life in the body, some other exciting stuff. We, uh, we have prayer, praise, and pie coming up um, this is what happens if you don't bring the clicker up. Uh, um, just a, a moment of life in the family. I love prayer, praise, and pie. Uh, if, if you haven't attended, fairly simple. Uh, you can imagine there's time to praise God for his work in our life. And we pray and then we celebrate by eating pie that many of you have brought that night to participate in. And so I am excited for just a family moment around here. Um, something that I really look forward to just before Thanksgiving. And then, hard to believe, but the holidays are upon us. Uh, and, and so here's, here's a real question. Have you started playing Christmas music yet? Um, <laughs> so I, I scoured the radio. I couldn't find the station that was pra- playing Christmas music, so what did I do? clicked on some Spotify, and we enjoyed some Christmas classics. But I'm excited for Christmas at Hillcrest this year, just as a way that we get to tangibly invest and impact our community through Christmas at Hillcrest. Uh, But James, as we continue with James, James has something incredibly powerful for us this morning. He talks about self-deception. He's been telling us a few times so far in the text do not be deceived and so now he's got one more layer for us of deception and when you think of self-deception what comes to your mind about self-deception here's what came to my mind God bless America
1: land that I love stand beside her and guide
2: her. Easy, easy go, easy go, little high, little low hit me when the wind blows, Nothing really
1: matter to me. <laughs> I'm
0: sorry, Stephen. What
1: do you think I'm going to say to you? You're self
0: deceived, right? That, that you've been told you can sing. One of my favorite parts of American Idol is always the beginning and the auditions, where people come in with this deep passion and heart and conviction. They're convinced that they can sing, and then the panel. Quickly shoots down that idea that it is not actually true, despite how many people in your life have told you that is true. And and I love, and then I just turned American Idol off after that. But for the first few parts, it is an incredible moment of self-deception on display. James this morning has something profound he wants to share with us about this idea of self-deception. And if you're new around here, there's no like secret sauce to what we do. We just kind of do the same thing week after week after week. We just come to the word and we sit and hear from God through his word. And I've used this illustration many times, but all we do on Sundays, we get together and I don't want to be told from someone else that my wife loves me, right? Right? I want to be told from her that she loves me. The same thing is true on Sundays. We just gather to hear from God through his word and be told that he loves us. And so James continues on and he presses us about self-deception. Here's what he says. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he is like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. James understands that we have blind spots in life. And so he warns us that those who look in the mirror and forget what they see, they're self-deceived. Instead, we want to make sure that when we look in the mirror, we remember what we see, that we are hearers and doers of the word. So pray with me as we dig into the text this morning. God, you're so good. We just want to hear from you through your word. We want to open James and hear from the brother of Jesus as he walked with you and talked with you that that he has learned a few things and wants to share those with his readers. And so reveal yourself through his words to us. We always pray for your glory and the joy in this journey. Amen. Amen. And, And if you've been following along with us in this packet, we are coming to the end of this But for the next two weeks after this Sunday, we're going to apply this text. If you think we go slow now, for the next two weeks, we're going to do verse 26 and 27 over the next two weeks. And the hope is to do a two-part reflection of what it means to be hearers and doers of the word in those two verses. So here's where James starts. Who is being warned about being deceived? And I love these biblical writers To whom is he writing? Here's what he says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. To whom has he written this letter? He's written it to people who already have chosen to treasure Jesus. He's written it to people who already believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life for eternity, both in this life and the next, and yet he says to those people, do not be deceived. And so what is self-deception? Here's what it feels like. There's this disconnect between either what we believe to be true actually is not, or what we don't believe actually is true. And so he's writing to people who might not actually fully live out what they claim to believe. He says, don't be deceived, self-deception. And, and, and just this past Halloween, I love taking out the seeds from our pumpkin and we bake them. And I love doing this with my kids. And, and so one of them decided to put a wet paper towel around the seeds and you start to see the plant grow. What would happen if I had planted pumpkin seeds and then I ended up with watermelon? In that scenario, someone was deceived about what I thought I was planting and what actually came to be true. And the thing about self-deception is, Who usually sees it? Feels like it's a lot easier to recognize in someone else, but far more difficult to recognize in our lives. I could look and go, you planted pumpkin seeds. You're supposed to get pumpkins. There's now watermelon. It appears you planted the wrong seeds. A lot easier for me to assess that in someone else's life than often to do the self-reflection in my own. We talk a lot around here about mirror living, that we're reflecting on our own lives. So here's what James continues. Who is being warned about being self-deceived? Who's he writing to? People that already love Jesus. And he says, I'm concerned you might be deceived about what you truly are expressing your faith as. And so what are they potentially being deceived about? Here's what he says but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. He's concerned that they might just be hearing the word and not actually living it out in their life. And, And so in my head, I see these two circles, that there's this hearers of the word, that the doctrine, the theology, the faith, and then there's this other component. He says doers of the word, that that works, that flows out of our life, that obedience And so there's this crossover where those circles come together, where he says, be hearers and doers of the word, that we should live this stuff out increasingly in our lives. And I was talking to a buddy uh, this week, and and we were just talking about life, right? And so he, he reminded me of this circle. He said, in life, we usually have these different categories. We have family, we have work, we have hobbies that we participate in, some better than others. Some play soccer a lot better than others. Kids, our time with our kids. Food, we love food. I was reminded this past, a uh, few weeks ago, um, you know, maybe, maybe you attend a place too often. We went to Red Robin for uh, lunch the other day, and there was a 30-minute wait. There was a 30-minute wait. Would you guys stick around for a 30-minute wait? There was a 30-minute wait, so what do we do? We left, and we started driving around, and we drove past Qdoba. We drove past another restaurant, and then we decided, you know what? We actually do love Red Robin. We're going to go back, and, and you kind of tail between your legs. You walk in, and you're like, all right, we're back. And they know you're, they just saw us, right? And we walk back in, and we're like, hey, you know, we're actually going to stick around, and uh, can you put us down for the 30-minute wait? And then what does the hostess do? She says, hey, you guys, you guys are regulars around here, aren't you? Yeah, why don't you just come on back and we'll, we'll find you a table. I'm like, I don't know if it's a good thing that we go to Red Robin so much that <laughs> the hostess now recognizes but we love food. Food's a part of our life, right? Money, money's just a tool. How you use it, right? It's just a tool. And then friends, and what often then fits is just one other category in the wheel of our lives. And we had faith in there. James is saying, don't be self-deceived. Don't just add faith as another part of the flywheel of your life in all the different circumstances. Instead, he's saying, what does it mean to be a hearer and a doer that faith actually impacts every other sphere of your life? In the way we eat, in the way we play, in the hobbies we have, it actually is fundamental to every other aspect of our life. And then we begin evaluating. What does it look like to be a hearer and a doer? What is he concerned we might be deceived about? Just a few weeks ago, he told us about anger. That when I get angry with my kids, it's actually revealing something about my faith. That that, that when I get anxious about the future or the unknowns and circumstances, it actually is saying something about my faith. Sometimes we collectively do things, and other times we individually express our faith. Jesus says, give a cup of cold water in my name. Sometimes we express our faith through paying for groceries and being generous with our resources to those that are all around us. And then sometimes, as hearers and doers of the word, we come together collectively and put on some organized ways of trying to live out our heart to be hearers and doers of the word. Uh, I'd love to invite up Jacob and Jill because collectively there are other ways we leverage our time energy resources as hearers and doers of the word with an organization called Horizons. And and so I'd love Jill and Jacob to tell us a little bit about that. Joe, who's this guy standing to our right here?
1: Good morning, guys. Um, this is Jacob, my new friend. <laughs> um, he is the president of uh, Horizon Empowered the Orphaned, and they are the organization that stewards uh, La Providencia, which hopefully you've heard a lot about through through me and others on my team. Um, uh, La Providencia is an orphan care community in Cigua de Peque, Honduras. And uh, several years ago, we began to ask as a church, God, what would it look like for Hillcrest, to um, be in obedience to your word um, found in James 1.27 that we're going to talk about next week and the following week, um, to care for the orphan. What does that look like? Um, and so we began this journey of finding a partnership um, that we could be a part of to, um, to walk alongside families, Christian families, who um, are taking on orphans as their own and heart adopting them. Um, and so we get to, to pray mm. and we get to sponsor and we get to sometimes visit with our friends in Honduras. Relationship is a big deal around here and it was a big deal in in our partnership with La Previdencia, so we're super excited to, um, yeah, have Jacob here. He flew from Pennsylvania to be with us this weekend um, and to celebrate with us, um, which we're going to get to do downstairs here at noon um, with hopefully some of you who will join us as um, as we celebrate all that God's been doing mm. here around here in our hearts um, and with our friends at La Previdencia. So, Jacob, um, what's this partnership kind of sure. meant to you?
2: Yeah, no, just really grateful to, to be here with you all. Um, and I think celebrating is the key word, is to just um, do what Pastor David's talking about in becoming doers and hearers of the word and, and the partnership within the body of Christ and the fruit that comes from that. I know I'll be sharing more over lunch, uh, and there's tacos involved. If, if me being there isn't incentive enough, uh, tacos might be. So I encourage you to to come and to listen uh, and to learn a bit more about what this beautiful partnership has meant. You can see the photos going on behind us, and there's there's more uh, to come over lunch. But you all have made such a, a big difference in a community so far away from here. But um, as I uh, kind of reflect on just how I've been treated uh, in my visit to you all and how you all have uh, treated and blessed uh, those amazing parents that are actually changing the lives of orphan children in Honduras, um, it really shows a, a deep, um, I guess, outcome of what the body of Christ looks like. We're all brothers and sisters, and we're called to um, put our faith into action in different ways. And, uh, and I just want to stand here and say thanks. I mean, you're, I'm not coming to visit anyone else this trip. I'm here for you guys and just to show you how much we appreciate Uh, the heart that you have, um, the faith that you have, and how you actually have lived it it out uh, for those beautiful families in Honduras. So uh, more to come uh, over lunch, but uh, just wanted to say thank you. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, so you heard, right? We want to be hearers and doers, and we want to partner with other hearers and doers of the word. And so uh, you could join us uh, immediately following the service. We're going to do lunch downstairs, uh, my understanding. Forty of us will be there, and if you haven't signed up, we would still love to see you. Uh, and grab one of these flyers that we could tangibly, if you'd want to tangibly support one of those families that's invested in those kids in Honduras. Uh, and then, um, we used to serve folders around here, right? And there's nothing wrong with folders. Some of you might think there might be something wrong with folders. But in order to continue to leverage this uh, partnership that we love with what um, uh, Horizons is doing, we're now serving coffee uh, to increase this partnership. Uh, so out there in the lobby, uh, when you drink, you're drinking coffee that's been um, harvested and planted by our friends and partners down in Honduras. So thank you for your investment. And we love and look forward to what you will share with us at noon downstairs. So thank you, Jacob. Thanks, thank you, everybody. Gene. That James is saying, don't be deceived. Don't, don't just look as if you're going to the second round of American Idol and, you, and you've been told all your life you can sing. Don't be deceived. Be a hearer and a doer of the word. And, and to whom has he been writing? He's writing to people who already claim to love Jesus. And what is he concerned of that they might not actually believe Or believe is fully what they claim to believe. He says, don't be deceived. And he says there's a cost with being deceived. Here's what he says. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer. And then he gives us an illustration. He already sets us up. Here's the illustration he gives. He's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away at once. And forget what he is like. He says there's more at stake than just not making the second round of American Idol. That there's more at stake if we're deceived. If we look at ourselves in the mirror and claim to love Jesus, and yet we don't see the fruit flowing out of our lives as fully, he's concerned for our standing with Jesus. Because here's what he's been telling us. Faith, love for Jesus, inevitably gets expressed in our life. He says we want to be hearers and doers. He says, don't be hearers only. Faith that doesn't lead to works in your life, he says, it's like just being a hearer. And and, and I know the hearer's in you because you might be fact-checking me right now about doctrine. You're just over there like Googling right now about what is being said. And here's how I know it flares up in my heart, is when someone confronts me As a hearer, my defense mechanism then becomes, well, let me tell you all the ways you're theologically wrong and inconsistent rather than embracing the room to grow. Faith without works, hearers of the word only, but what feels just as dangerous is to be faith plus works, to be a doer only. Where you actually start adding to the work of Jesus that already has been done. That that when you start to feel the guilt of not doing enough and trying hard enough, where's that coming from? Because you actually think you can add to the work of Christ. And that guilt starts to beat you up rather than embracing through faith what Jesus has already done. And, And so being a doer only is just as dangerous where you start operating in acts and works apart. From faith, James says, be a hearer and a doer. And to be deceived one way or another is very dangerous. Our friend Ryan preached this a few weeks ago. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. But don't say, verse 14, don't say that God is tempting you. Don't blame God for the brokenness that exists. For God cannot be tempted with evil when he himself tempts no one, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, birth gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. James is saying the consequences for being self-deceived are far greater than just not making the second round of American Idol. He's saying there is eternity on the line when we don't fully express this faith in our lives. Who is he warning about being self-deceived? Man, far easier to point out and say, oh, I think that guy's missing it. And yet he's writing to people like you and me saying, don't miss this. That they are potentially deceived about being hearers and not living out their faith. Or attempting to live out apart from the work Jesus has done What's the cost of being self-deceived? He says, there's eternity on the line. But he does not leave us there. He didn't just beat us up and say, here's the cost, good luck, suck it up. He says, but there's also a great benefit for not being self-deceived. Here's what he says. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. And then verse 25. So don't be like the person who looks sees the broccoli in his teeth, sees the hair that's messed up and just moves on if it's no big deal, be the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres. Man, does it feel like these guys just keep saying the same thing? That James keeps pointing us back? That we don't read this thing, though it's hard, though it's challenging, just for fun, he says, those that look into the perfect law, And he said earlier, the implanted word, and then he says, receive the word. Why do you think he switches to the word law? You could discuss in your life groups, I don't think it's of any consequence. I think he's just using a different word to say the same thing, that we read this thing. And when you hear that, what's your tendency? When you hear, read the word, where does your mind and heart go? With me, sometimes I go to, I'm just not doing enough and reading enough and working hard enough. And, and these things just, it just feels like shackles to put these things on. Does James understand that might be where we go? And so he says, but be the one who looks under the perfect law. What does he say? The law of liberty. <laughs> that there is freedom in giving yourself to the authoritative word of God as the guide for your life. He, he understands that we might feel bound and limited and, 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 and shackled. Instead, he says, embrace this as the law of liberty, this free." freeing concept rather than putting limits there's actually great freedom to be found in finding and receiving and looking into the perfect law he says the one who looks into the perfect law law of liberty and perseveres will be blessed in his doing that there is great joy to be had that inevitably accompanies God's and experiencing God's favor Not in health and wealth, right? We talked about that. Take joy, my brothers and sisters, when you experience trials of various kinds. Not health and wealth blessing, but instead great joy that accompanies living and leaning into this law of liberty. And then he says this, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. Being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. So so I want to put this into practice. I want to live this out, and we're going to talk about that for the next two weeks. But, But I go, so what's the grid? Give me a grid that might help. And here's where my mind went. That in life, we start gathering data. We start assessing what's going on. That he's saying, don't be a hearer only. Don't be a hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. So where do you start? Well, you start collecting data. And and, and I thought of Fred when I thought about this because there's different ways people collect data, right? Which of these two do you think I am? (laughs) I I don't understand you internal processors over there. You got to turn the lights down. You got to have a quiet space. You can really organize your thoughts. That sounds depressing. That sounds horrible. Instead, we gather data by... Engaging, at least I do, verbally processing ideas and and understanding where might I be self deceived? Where might I actually not be living out life as a hearer and a doer? And so we start gathering data, and then what do you do with that data? And you reflect where might I be self deceived? If I claim to follow Jesus, Where am I not living out fully being a hearer and a doer of the word? And then, usually, about that time, after reflecting, we design a course of action. We began putting those plans, either formal or informal, into action. And again, informal could be what we talk about around here all the time God, what are you inviting me into? And we pray and we watch and then we step into whatever those situations might be. Whether it be at the coffee shop and buying a coffee for the person behind us. Whether it be buying groceries for those we might engage with. Whether it be standing in the store and striking a conversation. Whether it be someone in the workplace that you might sense is having a hard time and you engage and you listen. It could be very informal or it could be very formal where you plan, I'm going to go make cookies for my neighbor. Uh, I'm going to do something very specific for my spouse so that they feel and experience what it means that I want to be a hearer and doer. There's a variety of ways, formal and informal, and, and much like the Packers or the Vikings, usually what happens is you gather data, you reflect, and you design a course of action, and, and then what happens next? And you call a timeout and you go back to the huddle, right? And then you then you gather data, you watch the plays that developed, and then you maybe reflect on a different play you could run, and then you design a course of action, you design a play that you could run, and then what do you do? Then you call another timeout and you come back to the huddle and you, and you gather more data and you reflect. No, what do you do? You actually go run the play. You actually get out on the field in Monday to Saturday as everyday missionaries, as hearers and doers, and you live out your faith. Where we gather data and we reflect. Where am I being self-deceived? And then you make an action plan on where you can grow and demonstrate your faith a little bit more fully this week, and then you actually go live out life as a hearer and doer. And then what happens? You do it again. And you do it again. And there is this long obedience in the same direction until Jesus returns or he calls us home, of living out life as a hearer and a doer. And and I can't help but think of one of my favorite verses where Jesus tells us what the kingdom of life and the kingdom of heaven is like. He says this. He says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a a man finds, and then in his joy covers up, and then in his joy goes and sells all he has and buys that field. That he collects data, (laughs) and he evaluates very quickly and reflects what this treasure is worth compared to everything else he has in life. And then he actually decides on a course of action. What does he do? He goes and sells all he has and then buys that field that there is life with Jesus above anything else this life has to offer, not just as a hearer believing that, oh, I've heard that that treasure is really valuable, but actually as a doer implementing, not just evaluating, but actually choosing to treasure Jesus and then acting in a way Monday to Saturday, that conviction lived out. And so as always, what, what might it look like for us this week for some takeaways? I hope you've been hearing this question consistently. Where am I being tested? Chapter 1, James has been pressing us to ask, where am I being tested? And we've been praying, I hope, for God's wisdom. God, use my circumstance to help me gain your perspective and see the circumstance of my life through your eyes. Is something happening in my family where there's a relational tension and I need to have God's wisdom to see what he's doing in my life? Is there frustration with one of my kids that's mounting and I just can't help but, but get sucked into that moment every week and every moment? And God is saying, I want you to pull back and have my perspective. I want you to see my wisdom. Is there some tension or something taking place in the workplace and you're unsure of whether this is where you're supposed to be or something is taking place? And Where are you being tested? God, use my circumstance and help me gain your perspective. And then, am I self-deceived? Do I, do I show up to American Idol with a conviction that I can sing when in reality, and I'm still wondering why Jack hasn't invited me to be a part of the worship team. I'm still, that is still just a complete, it's completely lost on me. Are you a hearer only, or are you a doer only? Where are you self-deceived? Where might your faith not be getting expressed as fully? Gather data, reflect, plan a course of action, and then step in as a hearer and a doer. And then, I don't know if you notice, this whole faith thing sometimes feels like a fight for more faith. So this week, fight the fight of faith as a hearer and a doer. What might it look like to fight for more trust, more faith that Jesus better is better? And so pick whatever negative words you want in here, the struggle to continue in the midst of challenges, disappointments, difficulties, opposition, failure, pick whatever negative word you want in there. In the midst of that pain, persistently living, getting up another moment, continuing to act, Persistently living as a hearer and doer, both for God's glory and for others' joy as well. Pray with me. God, you're so good. Thank you for the work you're doing in our Hillcrest Church family. We want to be hearers and doers of the word. We do not want to be self-deceived. And we feel the weight of the significance of consequences. We don't just want to check the spiritual boxes. Instead, we truly want to saturate ourselves as hearers of your word and then be doers that act and live out our faith. And then when we don't find as much success as we like, help us fight for more faith and more trust in you, believing your better is better. Thank you, Jesus, always for your glory we pray. Amen.